Welcome to the Aspieland Podcast. I'm your host, John Allen. Come with me on an adventure into the world of Asperger's Syndrome, also called Autism Spectrum Disorder. Everyone is welcome here, whether you have the disorder or you're interested in learning more about it. We're here to help you understand, share, and relate. We're just about to get started, so come on in. Greetings and welcome. I'm your host, John Allen, and this is Aspieland a place where both Aspies and neurotypicals alike can gain commonality through discovery. If you're new to this podcast, please know that you're very special, no matter where you come from or what your background is, and you're in a place of acceptance. If you're someone with Asperger's Syndrome Autism Spectrum Disorder, this podcast is for you. I want to help you understand and function in the neurotypical world. For those of you who are neurotypical, yes, this podcast is also for you as well. The idea here is to bridge the gap of understanding by learning to see life through each other's eyes. Now, in this episode, we delve into an area that for those of you who are like me and were diagnosed as an adult can be very burdensome, our past memories. I call this episode, Back There and Back Again. I kind of borrowed a piece of that title from my favorite movie series, The Hobbit. It's a look at how memories work, and how all of those BD, before diagnosis memories, and, and the pain that they can still give us, can be reconciled into our new life as an Aspie. Now, before we get started, I want to thank each of you for listening. It's my great privilege to bring you these podcasts, really is. I'm always amazed by listeners who are not only regulars, but those of you who may be listening for the very first time. Thank you all once again. Quick reminder, comments on the podcast can be made through the aspieland.org website on the subscription page. In addition, I'd like to ask all of you who have already subscribed if you would send me by email the city in which you live. I don't need any other information just the city where you live. It always helps me to know not only who you are, but where you come from. All right, enough of that. Let's go back there and back again. Isn't it strange how memories are? I mean, one minute you're sitting there eating your Wheaties, and the next you're far away, sitting at your grandmother's table, staring at a box of Rice Krispies, remembering how much you loved eating there. You can almost feel yourself in the straight-backed chair, sensing those smells that you can only find in Grandma's kitchen, feeling the spoon in your hand and the joy you were feeling at that very moment in time. Snap! You realize that you just took a trip back 50 years or more. Isn't that funny how all that works? What's even more amazing is that you can actually feel your senses at the time. The feel of it, the the sounds, the smells, and the emotions that flood over you like a shower of rain. Well, memories are like that. What's more is that almost anything can trigger it. Like the smell of the air before it rains. That can swing you out to days when you were eight or nine years old and you smelled that same smell. It brings back the feelings of a warm summer afternoon with the wind filled with the smell of rain. As for me, though... My big memory trigger, if you want to call it that, is music. I'm always swept away by a piano tinkling or a really great saxophone solo. I'm especially drawn by music that has a certain feel to it. 
For example, there's a song called When Somebody Loves Me. It's written by Randy Newman for the movie Toy Story 2. It was beautifully sung by Sarah McLaughlin. The piano strains of soft melancholy and the soft vocals send me back to times in my childhood that made me feel really sad. Sometimes a symphony or even something upbeat can trigger a memory that I wouldn't have imagined I could even recall. Well, for those of you who were diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome and autism spectrum disorder as an adult, you're probably dealing with all of those memories from your past right now. In fact, you're more likely to recall things more often simply because you know now what you didn't know then. You have an issue you didn't realize that goes way back when, as they say. So why do these memories come back? And where do they come from, by the way? The process of creating and retrieving memories is very complex, but let me try to encapsulate it for you as best I know how. Basically, there are three main parts of the brain that are involved. They are called the hippocampus, which is deep inside the center of your brain, the amygdala, which is like the size of a large almond right next to the hippocampus, and then the neocortex, which is large area of the brain covering part of the top and the sides and around like that. Well, the amygdala, which is that small almond-sized piece, is responsible for attaching emotion to memory. The greater the emotion, the more the amygdala is involved. Now, the hippocampus is responsible for episodic memory, that is, things that happen to you regularly, every day. The neocortex, by far the largest area of the brain that is involved, is responsible for the details of the memory. It's also responsible for sensory perception and some other brain functions. Now, while the exact process is still being studied, the hippocampus remembers an event by a process that, according to a recent study, is a form of synchronization of all the parts of the memory. And it sends all that information to the neocortex, where it takes all the details, takes them apart, and stores them in separate little compartments, if you will, for easy retrieval. So when we recall a memory, usually because it, it's triggered by something, or we, our mind is wandering and we happen to hit one, I guess, the hippocampus finds that memory, calls on the neocortex to grab all of the pieces. The neocortex sends it all back to the hippocampus where it's resynchronized back together with all of its senses and feelings and details and put together is shown to you on a big screen in your mind. By the way, all of that happens in about two tenths of a second. Wow, that's amazing. It only proves that we are indeed wonderfully made. Now it's time to get down to the nitty-gritty, as we used to say back in the 60s. Most of us who are diagnosed as adults usually never know that we had Asperger's Syndrome Autism Spectrum Disorder before we were diagnosed. We did know, however, that we were treated like we were different, odd, out of place somehow, but we could never put our finger on it. Other children and teens and other adults treated us like we were out of it or mentally awkward, and so as a result, children made fun of us. And as we grew up, we got the same treatment from our peer groups. Over and over, we had one rejection after another, each one adding to the feelings of loneliness. 
we learn to live without having friends and have survived by convincing ourselves that we really are aliens and started compensating for it in whatever different ways. A lot of us got really good at hiding our issues and managed to get by. But deep inside, there was always that longing for being like everyone else and for being part of the rest of the world. Whenever someone noticed that we were doing something or saying something that wasn't quite right, we would make up excuses or we'd find some clever way of deflecting our problem. Well, now we know what the whole thing is all about, and that is a great relief for us. But we still have all of those lonely and sad memories piled up in our past. So how do we get rid of them? Can we find a way to get them to just go away? Well, the answer to that is simple. No, you can't. But you can make peace with your past. You can reconcile those memories and build a bridge of beauty between you and those feelings. Now, for those of you who are neurotypical, perhaps you're thinking that you tuned into the wrong podcast, one that's not meant for you. But it really is the right podcast, and it is meant for you because you can help be a part of the healing just by understanding what those of us who have Asperger's syndrome and autism spectrum disorder are living through. Now that may seem like a really small thing, but it's a really big thing for us. Knowing that you understand our feelings and are willing to help us out can give us hope that we can really communicate and have friends, which is something we grew up thinking was totally impossible. For those of you who have Asperger's syndrome or autism spectrum disorder, what I'm going to suggest to you is not a 100% solution, but it can be a start to some real healing if you're struggling with your past memories. First thing I want you to get a hold of is that reconciliation is a process. Each one of the suggestions I have can be a part of that process. So don't be upset if you aren't healed right away. We didn't get here right away so it won't heal right away either. Second is the fact that this will require you to be going through your memories, and that can be painful. All of those old feelings may come back at you, but don't worry, this is a process. For those of you who are neurotypical, pay attention to all of what I've just said. If you're close to one of us who suffers this way, you can find ways to enter into the process. Start out by listening and understanding, then, Perhaps you can start talking about it as you attempt to enter into helping with the process. Back to those of us on the spectrum, you need to realize as well that your memories are what has made you what you are. I'm not talking about the bad feelings that we think of ourselves. I think we've had enough of that. I'm talking about your humor, your creative spark, your ability to see things in a whole new way. All of these things, and I'm sure there are many more, make you a special person, a wonderful and special person. That is a reality that you must believe in. Why? Because it's true. Yes, I know your past experiences and memories tell you that you're abnormal, odd, or unworthy of joining up with the rest of the world around you. I get that, big time. But now that you know why your past may stink like a dirty diaper, you can reach back and reconcile yourself to those memories and the feelings that come with them. Now, some of the things I'm going to suggest I do as well, because like you, I wrestle with my past. 
but I'm getting better and I'm feeling better, and so can you. Now, realize as well that the past is just that. It's the past. Yes, it's helped you develop into the person you are in the present, but it is not the present. It's the past. It's done. Now that you know your condition, the Asperger Syndrome Autism Spectrum Disorder, and how it all works in your particular mind, you can reconcile and make peace with what was before or what was done. And knowing that can be a significant start. Before I begin with the first one, let me throw a caveat out that if you're severely struggling and your memories have become traumatic for you, you may want to seek some professional help with a psychiatrist or a psychologist because there are therapies available for extreme traumatic memories. One of them, by the way, is called EMDR. It's primarily used for cases of PTSD, but it's been found to be extremely effective for those on the spectrum who are experiencing traumatic memory issues. So if you're experiencing a serious traumatic response to your past memories, you may want to look into something of that nature. Otherwise, keep listening, because I really believe that these ideas can be of great help to you. One of the first things I did whenever I found myself remembering something that was really sad was to bury it. I shoved it down so low that I would never feel like that again. While my meaning is good to eliminate the sadness, the methodology was very wrong. Because sooner or later, bottling up all that stuff will only find release at the wrong moment and make a bigger mess than you thought you may have cleared up. Instead, I've learned that release is better than burial, especially now that I know the cause of all the sadness. So how do you release without blubbering in the middle of your day? Well, you take a wellness day. Now, there are many ways you can do that. Take a sick day, take a vacation day, anything that's legitimate, and find a day where you can be alone for the entire day. Being at home is the best place because you need to make sure that you have a space for yourself. Now, during that day, take some time to deliberately remember things like your childhood, birthday parties, school encounters, and things of that nature. As you remember them, let your feelings come out, all the way out. It's okay to feel sadness or loneliness so that you can allow yourself to feel the emotions from long ago. It may not be pretty, and it certainly can be emotional, but it's very much a necessity to release those particular painful things. Now, this can be really hard for men to do because it has never been considered manly to cry or to feel anything close to sadness, which is bunk. You need to release your emotions. I remember the first time I did this. I blubbered and sobbed all day, but when I finished the day, I felt so much relief. What all that blubbering and sobbing did was to release all those feelings and all those emotions and even the bad chemicals in the body and allows the mind to settle accounts, as it were. It also allows you to clear up the past and gives you the opportunity to understand the past and reconcile yourself to that memory by considering that your inability to make a friend or talk to other kids was a product of the Asperger's or Autism Spectrum Disorder and not something that you yourself did. 
You may recall in our last podcast that I mentioned something that I call the sweet spot, a special something that relaxes us and helps us discover some solace in our hectic mind. This is also another place to employ the sweet spot, not necessarily to avoid a meltdown, but in this case, to relax so that you can reach back to those memories and find some reconciliation. Usually, that sweet spot puts you in a good mood, or at least a peaceful and comfortable mood, which can be helpful in making peace with a painful past. Of the hundreds and thousands of memories you carry around in your magnificent brain, the ones that cause you pain and sorrow are also capable of being better than you may expect. The process is called reframing, and it carries the contention that you can change the way you feel about something by looking at it from a different point of view. Let me give you a quick example. My elementary school had an intramural basketball program for early grade schoolers, and I was thrilled. I got to be on a real team with real basketball uniforms. During the game, I sat on the bench and I watched the kids going up and down the court, stealing the ball from one another. Not a lot of points, mind you, because after all, we were only 8 or 10 years old. And trying to shoot the ball into a hoop was a lesson in either frustration or comedy, depending on your point of view, or more importantly, your age. I sat there hearing the crowds and taking in all that sensory information. Suddenly, I heard my name. Now, I have a very common name, so I kind of fluffed it off. That's just a dream. No big deal. Then I heard it again. Johnny, get in. Oh, it wasn't a dream. Whoa, you mean you want me to get out there and play? Well, I ran up and down the court with the rest of the kids, searching for where the ball was. It didn't matter who had it or what color their uniform was. I was focused. I was going to play. Well, the ball was getting near. I could tell because a small mob of kids was heading in my direction. The kids were clustered together, chasing the one with the ball who was desperately trying to dribble it to the basket. And as he passed by, I stuck my hand out. And I actually got it. Elation. Joy unbounded. Hallelujah. I was actually playing basketball. Woohoo! I began dribbling for all I had in me. Dribbling a basketball when you're eight years old takes a lot of concentration, especially for me with my Asperger's. Some kids mastered it quickly, being able to dribble the ball without even looking at the ball. I was a novice, so up and down it goes, gently using my hand to keep the ball bouncing back up to me. I was having a great time dribbling that ball, man. It was cool. Never mind that the idea was to get the ball down the court so you could score. I was in my element. I was just getting the hang of it when I heard the mob of kids drifting away. I was dribbling without the ball. My hand was going up and down, but no ball. I kept going, thinking that perhaps I only thought the ball was gone, and it was just going so fast I couldn't see it. Well, as I came quickly to my senses, I realized that I was bent over, looking at the floor like one would look to see an ant walking on the sidewalk or something, dribbling in a circle, without the ball. I was the perfect fool, and everyone knew it, and made no bones about letting me know that I didn't belong. That was a sad and painful memory for me, because I was so humiliated and cast away. But you notice now that I can recall it as a comical story. Why? Because I recalled that memory and let myself feel all that hurt and sadness. As a result, I could see kind of 
underneath the bad feelings, reframe them, and now I can recall it as a comical story of a little boy who lost the ball. I wasn't lying to myself, and you wouldn't be lying to yourself either. You're simply saying, I know that this feels bad, but I know why it feels bad, and I understand it now. Knowing that allows you to reframe and reconcile your past. Look, if I can do this, so can you. It takes time, and it takes some courage to look those memories straight in the eye, but once you work through the pain of your past, you can reconcile your past and live life lighter, happier, and more honest and true to yourself. I would love to share more stories and help you along, but we're very much out of time. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast using the website aspieland.org, no www. And if you're able, please donate to my work here so I can keep our visits coming. We're not tax deductible as that's really expensive to become that way. So if you're uncomfortable with that, don't worry about it. We'll be just fine. Okay, well, I hope that you have a great week or two until we meet again. Try your best to stay safe and we'll get together again in Aspieland. Thanks for listening to the Aspieland podcast. If you like this podcast, pass the word. This podcast is for everyone, whether you have Asperger's syndrome or not, because the more who listen, the better our opportunity to become more sensitive and compassionate, not only to those who have the disorder, but to all humankind as well. Thanks for visiting, and I hope you'll listen again.